definitely not true, but I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna present this. Hear me out, this is gonna sound stupid. podcast that knows that if you live by the philosopher kings you die by the philosopher kings my name is bob sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host that's abe how you doing tonight abe doing well bob yeah here we are Lori's here too how you doing Lori? Mm. tonight is tuesday may the 3rd 2022 abe it's our first emergency podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, is it We've been doing how this... stupid would we have felt if we'd done a show last night? Man, that would have been terrible. The news broke at like, I don't know, 10, 15 or something like that, I think is when I looked at my phone and it's saw like, that Abe had texted me. That's right. Probably like, uh, what have you been watching? It's like, oh, I watched Nicholas K. Oh, what's this? <laughs> There's <laughs> The sky has fallen. And then we would have transitioned into a three-hour podcast and Lori would have hated it. I would have been really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been way more mad last night than I am today. Yeah, because it would have been right around the wind down of the... Yep. It would have been like, all right, time to say goodnight. <laughs> what do we watch? What do we watch this week? I didn't want to do a podcast last night in part because, first of all, it was a busy day for me. Uh, it was... I had to... I don't want to talk about it. I had to drive out to fucking Lowe's, but not even the nearby Lowe's. I had to drive to a whole other Lowe's in order oh, to buy no. something. <laughs> Another Lowe's. I know. I'm just always going to fucking Lowe's, and I hate it. I'm uh, telling you. Keep a tab open. They probably don't even know you there. No, I was doing a bunch of yard work yesterday, and then we had a baseball game for Katie last night, and it was... Beautiful night. Beautiful night for baseball. It's a terrible game. The kids weren't paying any attention the entire time. It didn't matter. I swear to God that I had a I had a tighter thumb of control over the little four and five and six year olds in T ball than this uh, than this coach exhibits over the six, seven, and eight year olds that he's coaching. But whatever, I'm not gonna don't want to <laughs> disparage old coach are, Rob too much. Are you uh, angling for his job? No, I'm I'm fine having just one team at the moment. Anyway, that game didn't. We didn't even get home from that game until like seven forty-five or something, and so the kids were up late. And I looked at the news of the day throughout the day, and like, what what in the world were people talking about? And it was still like Elon Musk and Twitter, and right. like Elon posting silly memes on Twitter, and then everyone deciding that the posting of memes by Elon was important enough to warrant like Washington Post full write-ups from Philip Bump among others about the meme and fact-checking the meme and like discussing the meme it's like we're talking about a fucking guy who posted a silly meme that i've seen at least a half dozen times before Elon Musk finally decided that he was going to post it about like how parties have changed orientations over the oh, last few years right. and it's like that more extreme illustration like, yeah. yeah but like what are we talking about what right. what 
And, and the everything that I looked at on Monday was just culture war bullshit after culture war bullshit after culture war bullshit. And I was like, I don't want to, I want to talk about it because none of this stuff fucking matters, and it's all the same stuff that we've been talking about for the last month. And then at more culture nine fifteen. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> More culture war. Except that That's was, right. Like, but, like it, but it's a nuclear bomb of culture wars. <laughs> it's a culture war thing that's been going on for like literally our entire lives. Right. But at least it's about something, right? At least right. like it, it's culture war, but abortion is actually about something that matters to people in their everyday lives. And it's not Elon Musk tweeting about how the left has gone further left and the, the normal people on the right – feel sort of weird about the fact that the the left has sort of taken over everything and gotten more radical, which is like, yeah, it sort of feels that way. And I guess you can have some interesting conversations about that. Uh, and um, it helps to ignore the fact that the right has also sort of been reactionary in ways that are not helpful to the political discourse. But like, is that worth fucking spending all, is it worth a column from Philip Bump every time e Elon Musk tweets? I don't think so. And it, there's just like, yeah. there's this weird black hole that Twitter creates where it needs a center of gravity. And it's sort of like that thing about you don't want to be the character of the day or the, the whatever they call it when you're the, the person who everybody on Twitter is talking about. You don't want to be that thing. But without Donald Trump there, it's like Elon Musk showed up, all of a sudden has become the thing that everyone is willing, like any little thing that he does, now there's going to be half a dozen stupid culture sites that write up things to show yeah. up in your Google News feed about the thing that Elon Musk tweeted, as if it is of, of any consequence whatsoever. And it's right. not. None of it fucking matters. But at least ab abortion shows up at 10 o'clock last night, and it's like, oh, now yeah. here's something <laughs> real to talk about. By the way, uh, on that point, these columnists, these online people, they have to hit a certain number of articles per whatever week, month. They have to generate content, right? And their whole existence is just being online and write what you know, they say, and all they know is just this stupid online crud, and that's right. what they talk about. And, and they kind of like have the same energy and seriousness about something that's not serious and not even real, the online stuff, right, as they would abortion or some other thing like because if you i don't know when was 10 o'clock or whatever time it was like 30 minutes prior like it was the same zeal and the same number of exclamation points as like oh my god elon musk is gonna do all of this and then like 30 minutes later an actual story oh my god the Supreme Court is going to do whatever. Like the boy who cried wolf. Right. There's like there's a direct inverse relationship between the amount of danger that we're collectively in and that which we freak out about, right? Right. It, we, we live in as non-apocalyptic times in many ways, and certainly in many personal ways in terms of like, I mean, not to go full Gladwell here, but like, or Pinker rather, but like things are fucking great. Uh, in the grand scheme of things. Right. Uh, but you spend every Tuesday, Monday, talking about how awful everything is. Right, but I try not to do it in apocalyptic terms. And in fact, my reaction to the world is suggesting actually not everything is as apocalyptic as everyone seems to make to, to want it right. to be. And, and I think it's also like criticizing awful behavior online and not like awful things are happening. Basically, a lot of the times... 
at least from what I see, Bob, what things, what what frustrates you is like the poor behavior and the way people are talking about things. Like nothing bad is actually happening online. People are just like saying really stupid things and making very bad points, and that seems to kind of get under your skin uh, for some reason. But nothing actually bad is happening other than you know the the, the war. And- sure, and I'm not I'm not denying that there's plenty of bad shit happening in the world. I'm just suggesting right. that if you make everything a fucking apocalypse then nothing is an actual apocalypse. And it's if you cannot right. tell the difference between Elon Musk tweeting a thing and Donald Trump musing about shooting protesters in the legs, for example. <laughs> which is way, what that is so Trump. Like, I don't need to have that story corroborated. That sounds exactly like something Trump would say. Right, who is that? Is it Esper who's got a book yeah, coming another out? another fucking asshole who's like, and and I bet you he has an obnoxious title too, like mm, courageous or some shit like that. And it's like two years after the fact is you're you're chiming in with your stupid book. I do but think I- it's worth it's worth saying that I don't think that that is an example of someone who's like sitting on a piece of news that they should have reported or like that they should have quit over or something like that. Like it's so Trump that like you can see him like. <laughs> Like picking up a diet coke or whatever, be like, why don't, why don't we just shoot him in the legs? What are we doing? This is, you don't have to kill him. Just shoot him in the leg. And nobody takes it seriously. Literally, no one in the like they sort of everybody in the room sort of like rolls their high, eyes right. at each other it's or whatever. Of and like, right. oh yeah, Mr. President, we'll look in. We'll look into the shooting of people below the knees here. Uh, we'll get back to you on that. And also, Trump is not alone on this. Like, this is a very Trumpian thing to say. But I've actually had like friends over the years throw this idea like whenever there would be a story about some somebody getting shot by the cops or whatever like oh they were kind of erratic but couldn't you just shoot him in the leg or something right. and it's like i don't think you can use and i've always told this to the people that would say this like you can't use a lethal weapon to achieve a non-lethal outcome like people aren't that good like if you shoot at somebody with a lethal weapon you should expect a lethal outcome i mean you may not always right. get it but you can't just oh fuck i killed them with my gun it's one step removed from Donald Trump imagining himself going out in front of the protesters and just like shooting at the ground and saying, dance, dance <laughs> for me. For like, that, that sort of thing. Anyway, that's not why we're here. We're not here to discuss all of the fucking garbage that uh, happened in the last week that didn't fucking matter at all. And the correspondence dinner returning and all that stuff, yeah. Oh, just- man. I, I saw a thousand articles about Trevor Noah at the correspondence dinner and... And every one of the headlines filled me with apocalyptic rage. And I see. <laughs> I'm just like sitting here, unbelieved. What's that's not even a, amazed at what you're talking about? Because all you've done for the last two years is sit here and act like the fucking fact that people are sensitive and don't want to hire the white men and the people with the sensitivity act and you say things like what is the version of me that it goes on in your head and why are you married to him the one you listen (laughs) to your own podcast right like you sit here and say things like this is an actual problem and if it continues it will change things in a meaningful way and abe and i sit here and say you probably shouldn't worry about it so much it'll probably solve itself and you're like it will not Everything is the end of the world. No, I'm not saying it's the end of the world. What I'm saying is that the act of calling everything the end of the world is sort of the end of the world. I'm making a distinction between these two things. I'm saying that the increasing and and exponential tribalism that 
we subject ourselves to and that the algorithms reinforce is bad. And I don't think that that's terribly controversial. Right. And that the performance of those things online is what drives me crazy. And it was, and, and you can write these things ahead of time. You can write the daily caller and the, and the, the daily that's, wire yeah. headlines the day before the Trevor Noah performance in the same way that you can write the, whatever it is, the daily beast and the, and, and, and the, the other ones on from the other side of the aisle. Right, uh, the sort of headlines that they're going to have, I, and I, none of them. I, I refuse to engage with it. Like I, I have no idea what Trevor Noah fucking said at the correspondence dinner, and I job. do not should, care. Uh, it's that twenty-six minute uh, thing, you know. D- he spread the, uh, the 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 love around. Uh, I don't I care for that guy. Don't know if this is constructive, but I realize I d- I've been doing this for many years. Where like during my work day, I don't do this on the weekends. On only when I'm on the clock. But uh, if I hear about a story from another source like Google News or whatever whatever feed that I'm following, I'll go to like, I'll see, okay, I know exactly how CNN will present it, so I'll go to CNN. I know exactly how it will be portrayed on Fox, the Fox News website, and usually I'm not that far off. And usually it's like, like sometimes it won't even cover it like on the first page. Like if it's something that doesn't jive with whatever, it will be like lower placed uh, or it'll be a... Pr- prominently featured depending on which side you go to but you're right it's right. very predictable all of it like how the same story can be presented slightly differently and they're getting very obnoxious with the you know back in the day were like owned and pawned or whatever but now they're using different terminology that's even more obnoxious i don't have an example in mind but they're using a lot of weird lingo as if like some 20 year old wrote it and maybe they did right it's disappointing that you can get like because you get an editorial voice from most places, sure, but you shouldn't be able to predict like the content and the entire thrust of the coverage based on the the place that you're going to find. If in in a media landscape that is healthy, anyway, you shouldn't be able to. Right. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, predictable reactions to major news items, it will surprise no one uh, what my reaction to the Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned. I guess we should set it up, though it is the biggest story in the universe these last 24 hours now. As we said back in, I believe it was December when this uh, was argued before the court, we suggested that it looked like, and this was you know not based on any unique insight that we bring right. to the fucking table. This is based on our reading of various news sources and the questions that were brought up in the Supreme Court back in December. But we said that it looks like Roe v. Wade was going to be turned away in a meaningful way, that it was hard to imagine that the five justices, the five most conservative justices, you know, leaving Roberts sort of in the middle, but that Alito, Thomas, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett would find a way to uphold the Mississippi ban on abortions after 15 weeks, if not, in fact, entirely overturning Roe v. Wade, because the people who were defending Roe v. Wade, who were defending, who were attempting to have the Mississippi law turned away, basically put it that way. They said, you can't really split the baby here, metaphorically, excuse the, excuse the metaphor, but either you say that Roe v. Wade is affirmed, and the Mississippi law has to go away, or you say that Roe v. Wade is completely gutted and the Mississippi law stands and that you can't have it both ways. Now, it wasn't – they didn't have to do that, but that was the way it was presented by 
the people who sought to turn back the Mississippi law. And what I said at the time was that it seemed like Breyer was serving up to the conservatives exactly the argument that they wanted to hear, that this was strictly a question of precedent, that it had nothing to, that, that you basically, it was true that you can't locate a constitutional right to abortion in the text of the Constitution, and that this, this was just a question of stare decisis. And what I said at the time was like, if that's the standard by which you expect the conservatives on the court to hold themselves, they will happily turn Roe v. Wade over. If they believe that it was fundamentally constitutionally wrong, wrongly decided, then they will have no problem turning Roe v. Wade away. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think my point when we talked about this was that I needed to I couldn't figure out what the rationale was, what the new standard would be, because the existing standard and it still exists, because this is a leak. This is not the final ruling. This won't come for another almost two months, like at the end of June, right? But all signs point to that it's going to be some variation of what leaked out uh, from Politico. Uh, but I was thinking, okay, so we have a an imperfect Roe v. Wade ruling uh, that stood for almost 50 years, going on 50 years. Uh, they had the competing interests between the unborn child and the mother, and they 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 decided viability. Let's go with that. So if, if it's not viable, you know, the possession arrow, let's say, goes to the mother. Uh, if it's viable, now the possession arrow goes to the child, unless it's some complicating whatever, right? And I thought, okay, if you can improve on that standard, which, again, is I understand is imperfect, and how do you know when exactly something is viable? If you can improve on that, then present that case. I did not imagine— I'm going I'm to interrupt you just for a second to say that— I expressed great shame at using the Solomon metaphor of splitting the baby, but now you're going with college basketball. In the, I'm sorry, what? With the possession arrow when it comes to the – I'm just, just throwing that out there, but go ahead. And I think I'm going to be using other basketball analogies shortly, I just realized. But um, So I was like, okay, I, I was trying to think, okay, I can see they have the numbers, but what is going to be – because you need to have some legitimate argument when you write your stupid opinion to say why you're getting rid of this thing that stood for all these years. And this opinion, at least the first five pages of it, did not even bother. It just said, nope, I don't know what, but nope. Get rid of it, and then you guys figured it out. And it's remarkable how unconcerned the Alitos of the world are with the havoc that these kind of choices are going to unleash because it's going to be chaos, right? Just like how cavalier people were being with uh, the election stuff, you know, during the lame duck period after the election and before the certification, where they're like, oh, just say Georgia went this way and that way. It's like, what do you think is going to happen if Governor Kemp and another governor, like Ducey, I guess, the, the uh, Arizona one, just said, never mind, we're going the other way. You think everybody on the other side would be like, oh, well, fuck it. I guess we lost. Like, no, you, you would unleash havoc, possibly violence, right? But there were, if you read all of the documents that have been unearthed since uh, January 6th, totally not concerned. Like, who cares what batshit crazy stuff is going to happen based on that? And that's what I feel here. Like, if you have this go through, it's no longer inconceivable to me that there will come a time, we're not there yet, we're probably like 10 years removed, but there will come a time where 
one side or the other, and it's likely going to be the Republican side, they're going to just disregard a future Supreme Court decision because right now people are going to sow doubt into the Supreme Court and it'll come from the left. And then years down the line, they're going to use that, oh, you, you don't think they're credible? We don't think they're credible either. And if they rule against something the conservatives really wanted, they would disregard it. And then you have mayhem, like this constantly corrosive acts. No one seems to care about it. It's like and, you and with, to, to devil's advocate here for a moment from the other side, I'm not taking this position, but right. it's easy to take it is easy to imagine the position saying that what happened 49 years ago with Roe v. Wade did precisely that thing that you're worried about happening. It just happened to do it with some small minority of deeply religiously conservative people who spent the last 50 years believing that that was a completely illegitimate decision and that the court had no legitimacy on this issue. And that revealed itself in decades of terror bombings of abortion clinics right. and ter terroristic threats and murders of uh, abortion providers. And, yes, you know. And you can't undo that, and things have settled down. This is going to continue that tradition, right? So, like, what is the gain— I don't understand what is the upside in doing this. You're not fixing anything, and I don't think we've had any cases. I think so. So I should clarify one point. I don't think uh, abortions are going to decrease to a significant amount as a result of this. There's going to be different ways to go about it. They're going to be mailing pills to people to get ahead of it. Maybe some people who can afford it, they'll travel to the next state over. People who are in positions to get an abortion, like if they have the means, they this has no impact on them, right? So basically we're talking about the poor, right? The poor yep. in red states are impacted, and there's going to be efforts to try to mitigate the harm done, right? So abortion will continue, right? This is almost kind of like the people. drug war thing where you have a drug problem, and now you have also a criminal justice problem. You have an all these people in jail, you have all this money being spent, resources wasted on trying to catch people smoking this or that, like a totally failed system. And that's what you're going to have here. People are not going to all of a sudden just say, well, fuck, I was thinking one way, but the Supreme Court said the other way, so we're all going to comply with this. That's not going to happen. So you are ushering in more chaos and more disruption. You're not going to get what you want. No one's going to get what they want, and you just made things worse. So what is so it the depends. It, 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 it This requires you sort of knowing what it is that everybody wants in this scenario. And I think that, right. yeah, it is fair to say that plenty of conservatives and plenty of even conservative jurists want to overturn Roe v. Wade. I don't think it's fair to assume that they all want to do that out of some strictly sort of evangelically moral uh, conviction. I think that a lot of them believe that it was wrongfully decided on, on, on the merits, on the, on the question of the constitutionality right. of whether or not there's a right there in the first but place. And I, and I wonder if what you're saying, that, the, that there needs to be some sort of ethic involved here in determining what's going to unleash chaos versus what is not, is actually a coherent way of approaching uh, jurisprudence or, or lawmaking – Right, and, and, and I, my guess, my guess is probably not. It, right. it can be a, it can be a consideration, perhaps. It can be, a, but what I'm saying is, you like Alito, you don't live in a bubble. You live on Earth in America somewhere, I assume, right? 
you can't just pretend this is just going to go over well, right? You're going to cause chaos. But just to go back to so, a but, point uh, you said. But I, I, anytime you use that line, I go back to the line, which is that we have had 50 years of chaos on this question. And, and, and they organized that chaos in such a way that we have now seen the culmination of the conservative judicial project that has been underway for our entire lives. A long and painful for them with beset with constant setbacks right right uh, but what I'm re is requiring a confluence of events and, and the weird happenstance of the fact that six out of nine of the current justices were appointed by uh, republicans uh only one of whom won a won a popular vote right, right. like it's it's a it's a weird and you know, sort of karmically strange way of, of getting to the position that we got to that includes bad faith action by some of the most objectionable people in the political world, from presidents all the way, you know, down to Mitch McConnell and so on. But I don't think that you can decide questions of constitutional import based on whether or not it's going to cause uproar. Well, because that was it, not it, that was not that was not a concern in nineteen seventy in, when Roe was originally decided. Well, okay, let me it, let me brief. Actually, before I do that, because you're going to jump in, let me just go clean up what I said a second ago, or just to kind of go to a point that you made, which is I was just actually uh, watching a CBS news report about this uh, person who was uh, convicted of a murder. They say they never did, and through appeals, they got let out. And I think COVID. They're it, like, while they're it, going through the motion. Was uh, it Strasser? What's that? Yeah, yeah. What? And, wait, and wait, they, was it Strassman? It was Strassman. I think Strassman did uh -oh. somebody. Actually, oh. either Strassman or somebody else, a 48-hour person or whatever. But anyways, the story was the reason why they, the, the defense, the Innocence Project or whomever was involved, the reason why they wanted them out is because first they believed they were innocent. Basically, it was like a, a shaky eyewitness account, like the girlfriend of the boyfriend who died – who some think she did it, right? But she pointed some black guy and they're like, yeah, he did it, I think. And that was it, basically. There was no evidence. He's in jail for like 30 years. And he was released while they're going through the appeals because there was uh, information, like I think the detectives that were uh, pursuing this, they said, we think the, the woman did it, right? And the prosecution did not share that with the defense, and so they're saying, had they presented that, then they would have presented a stronger argument for their defense, and he wouldn't be in jail in the first place. And the appeals court said, yeah, they kind of hand-waved away. It doesn't matter. He would have still been guilty. Like, I find it odd that whenever it's convenient for people, they disregard the strict interpretation of rules and procedure and process. And to say... He's guilty anyways, fuck it. We're not going to let him out because somebody changed their testimony years later, right? The uh, decision is final. We need to have finality, the victim, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to this, and this is not the only case. Roe v. Wade is not the only scenario where you can find flaws in the reasoning. The gay ruling, just like six years ago, you can find similar flaws, right? The whole purpose behind this stare decisis is to kind of have some sort of consistency and precedence and respect for prior decisions. It creates stability, right? 50 years, there's been a few bombings, but there's stability. What you have now is a destabilized system because if this is true, what Alito said is true, I mean, there's been some worst-case scenario articles that I read today. I don't think it's going to be that, but you can make arguments for other decisions in the last two generations that you can say, well, technically they missed this. And 
it's all motivated by what the outcome that you wanted in the first place. Alito wanted to get rid of this anyways, he'll find the reason. If it was the other way around, if it was something he supported, he would let it slide. And so it all just comes down on what you want and not about the rule of law or some bullshit like that. Like you can point to that in this case, but you can point that in so many other cases. And so why is, why is this case so important to overturn, whereas other things you let slide? That part I don't get. I mean, if you want to be an absolutist, you can do that. I have a, perhaps a, a less than convincing answer to that of, of why this. But for one thing, it's because the, it remains almost as polarizing an issue now as it did 50 years ago. That the, the fundamentals on public polling around the abortion issue haven't changed a bit, whereas on other important issues, for example, the, the gay marriage question, marriage equality question, that polling went from being functionally non-existent to the vast majority of Americans opposed to any notion of, of that to a wide acceptance. You can say it for interracial marriage as well. Interracial marriage was an unthinkable concept right. for a very long time. And if, if go, going by Alito's standard as laid out in this, in this leaked opinion of the court, which will almost certainly see some major changes between now and the time that it that it finally comes out in at the end of June, he relies on this notion of of finding rights in finding natural rights in history that we can then assume were written into the Constitution in an un, enum, in an unenumerated right. way. Right? He right. says that if if you can find support for the right to abortion in history, in the in the founding uh, common laws and moral laws of our country, then you can go ahead and and then enumerate that right into the Constitution. But because you can't, in his argument, then you can't. Right. And, and, and 50 so, years worth so of by that, decisions, by that, that was an issue. Well, no, not for 50 years worth. Ultimately, it just comes down to Roe and Casey. And they're, right. they're, but uh, Roe was decided, or at least but trust. And they, as Alito they, they points out, it. as Alito points out, Casey invalidated a chunk of Roe anyway. Like Casey, right. in affirming one part of Roe, turned over another part but, of Roe. But before uh, Roe, was, was it Griswold? What was the other, like some stupid state, I think Connecticut, something about contraceptives and the government wanted to know because, you know, they're involved in people's lives in that way for some reason. They, they, there was a rule against contraception. I don't know if it was a Catholic thing. I don't know what happened, but there was like a Supreme Court case in the 60s where they were like, why the fuck should we have to tell the government whether or not we're using contraceptives? And I think that was— Right. It established, it established or found a, a right to so-called, quote-unquote, marital privacy. Right, right. In the 14th Amendment. And so basically they built on that and they built on the other things. Now, is that going to be now revisited? Like, as, again, we're assuming what is leaked is going to be the final, you know, give or take some arguments. But like the, the ruling, let's say, is what the political leak is going to be, uh, which has been verified by the Supreme Court Chief Justice. Like, is that going to be the thing? Revisiting other things? Like, what is the – what's the end game here? Just constantly revisit things and say they got it wrong and we need to undo this who cares Isn't whatever that the comes? Supreme Court's whole game? I don't, so I don't, I, and yeah, it, at moments like this, it feels smart and 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 sort of 
critically aware to play the slippery slope game. And I'm not, you look around and people who, who play the slippery slope game lately seem to be proven more correct than, right. and that's, than those yeah. Who, yeah. who warn against it. And I don't know. And, and like, there are, there are so many different ways to talk about what's happening now. And it's, so it's just on the, the text of Alito's leaked opinion is, is one way we can talk about how we expect this to change between now and June and, and the extent to which it has likely changed already in the, can in the intervening months. Can we talk for a months? second about the dummies in the room where like, what would it actually mean in real life if this is overturned? If Roe v. Wade is overturned, you will see, I believe it's 13 states have automatic trigger laws in place okay. that all but entirely eliminate abortion. Legally. Right. Correct. In that those states. In, in, and also— In those thir- in those 13 states, abortion is over. Missouri is an—just ex- off the top of my head, Missouri is an example that has a trigger law in place that I believe goes so far as to eliminate the morning-after pill and right. anything— that would destroy a fertilized egg. Right. Is so that also that IV- IVF treatment is going to so fall? So IVF, yeah. IVF becomes a problem because you, of course, you fertilize a bunch of as many embryos as you can, and then you only get one and to implant. And they hang out. Right. And so that possibly criminalizes that practice. The intrauterine device, the IUDs that people have as a means of birth control has a similar effect as the what the right wing would say, what the pro-lifers would say is that the IUD is basically an abortifacient, which it it plainly is not. But because there is sort of the flushing of a fertilized egg and or or the it it does not allow for the implantation of a fertilized egg, then that becomes something that is potentially illegal right. in Missouri. And there is are, anybody getting an IUD? And, and- there are going to be some states where there's going to be uh, no exception to a rape scenario, right? Where, hey, the baby didn't do anything wrong. Like the the rapist did the thing wrong. So basically it's like it, it is such a cartoonishly stupid system that this ruling would usher in, right? It's remarkably stupid. You have not improved anything. You've made things worse. That's what I'm saying. What is the purpose of this? At the same time, at the, so and, and 13 is not the full picture, right? Because it's actually something like 25 or 26 right. states. Right, they have like variations of what, what you said, yeah. Right, but, but it's 13 where you can expect that the, the, the trigger laws basically go almost right away as soon as this ruling is issued in June, but that you would then expect about half of the states to outlaw abortion basically after a heartbeat. Right. So something like six or eight weeks right. and and then no more abortions after then. And of course, the over something like 90% of all abortions are performed between the six-week and the 15-week window. Just the overwhelming majority of abortions happen post-heartbeat, you know, once you can recognize right. that there's something growing in yeah. there. But before what is considered uh, viability, certainly before it can, the fetus could could survive on its own outside the womb. Right. And th- yeah, this may come across as a slippery slope, but it is inevitable in this environment, in the environment you present, that there won't be a follow-up Supreme Court case to talk about how the states with these laws are being undermined by states that don't have that law by having these end runs to residents of Mississippi 
going to New Mexico or residents of Texas going to an, uh, you know, an abortion-friendly state, and what is the ruling going to be there? Like to say that, look, if somebody actually lives in the state where there is no uh, restriction on abortion, that's fine. They're in that state. They can do whatever they want. But we can't have this concerted effort to where people are being bussed from a restrictive state to a permissive state. Because it undermines Texas law, Mississippi law. Right. And that's, this is where I agree with you on the slippery slope thing, which is that the true pro-lifers, and, and it's something like just under 20% or so, pretty consistent number of Americans believe that abortion should be illegal right. in, in basically any case. Right. These people believe that life begins at conception right. and that the ending of any life after the egg has been fertilized is the murder of a human being, right. they will not be stopped at this ruling, right? right? They're not going to kick up their heels and have a drink and say, good job, we can go home now. Right. There are still going to be some unacceptable number of hundreds of thousands of abortions performed that they believe that they have a an absolute God-driven, largely, moral duty right. to attempt to prevent from, from going on. This is not going to end, certainly. And that is where the Democrats can win, right? And that, that's another way that we can talk about. The, as I said, there are endless ways of, of discussing this. All you have to do is get out of the way and let the Todd Akins of the world open their fucking stupid mouths, right? Todd right. Aiken is the guy from Missouri who— Body will have a way to shut it down. Right, who when asked, when asked about whether or not there should be exceptions in the event of uh, rape or incest where a, a woman becomes pregnant as the result of a rape, he said, and I'll, I'll play the clip here, I don't have it handy now, but he says out loud something like, you know, in, in the event of a rape, I've had doctors tell me that, uh, that a woman's body has a way of shutting that, that whole process guy, down. Right. Yeah, he was from Missouri. If an abortion could be considered in a case of, say, a, a tubal pregnancy or something like that, what about in the case of rape? W should it be legal or not? Well, you know, uh, uh, people always want to try and make that as one of those things. Well, how do you how do you slice this particularly mm -hmm. tough sort of ethical question? It seems to me, first of all, from what I understand from doctors, that's really rare. If it's a legitimate rape, uh, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. But let's assume that maybe that didn't work or something. You know, I think there should be some punishment, but the punishment ought to be on the rapist and, and not attacking the child. I believe is what led to Claire McCaskill getting her gig uh, in, oh, yeah? in Missouri was, was his, his, his ability to just put it's his foot really right in his mouth. not really rape if they get pregnant from it. Right. right. And, and there are... There are dozens of examples. Rick Santorum talking about, you know, if the inevitable is happening, it's like a thunderstorm. You just lay back and enjoy it. Yeah. You can't control yeah. the weather. You can't control a rape. Just just lay back and take it for what it is, right? So these people, and and then and then they double down on it, where he says like, and if a baby is conceived out of that, then that was God's will all, right. all along. And, so you're welcome. Right. Also, we're not going to take care of it or give you any money yeah. or any health insurance. No, you're that, welcome. That's the that that's the remarkable thing about this, and you know how uh, this was a leaked opinion and not not a final thing. I'm gonna leak myself my own opinion that it's not final. I haven't worked it out, but uh, the position of pro-life, um, in my estimation, has been undermined by the last two years of of people's behavior during the pandemic. You're not really that into life. 
No, they're pro unborn life. Right. Once it, it's born, fuck it. But th that's the thing. It's like if you're bothered. Uh, in I, the know, I know. You, I know. You're, I know. You're making a joke right. here, but the, they're. No, no, it's not. It's a leak. I mean, I, I can't even confirm that I said it. Right, right. But when you make those sorts of conflations about how these people are all the same as these, like, the, like the pro-lifers right. are all the same as the people who there's some overlap. Didn't take, but yeah. didn't. There's some overlap. Yeah. But it's I always not, thought it was weird that the pro-life people were also tended to be the pro-death penalty people. Yeah, which yeah, is much yeah. bigger overlap than the you know, well, yeah. That, thing. I, I guess yeah. The thing is, like, if you're like against abortion, I can understand that. It's I guess the the talking up life part that throws me off. It's like this is, seems to be a very limited scope of life, right? Because yeah, when you broaden the part it, where until it's born, yeah, nine when you, months. When the you thing, it, the thing it, that is. <laughs> The part that's never made any sense to me about this, and I, I mean this fairly sincerely, is the crusading against abortion is to get souls from God's hands into this awful fallen world that you all cannot wait to escape in order to get back into everlasting grace with God in heaven, right? I've never understood, and, and I know it's a subversion of, it's, it's an alleged subversion of God's will or something. But those souls, like you learned when you, like, you know, lost your faith, those souls don't get to go to heaven, no, those are innocent. I thought that they didn't get to go because they weren't confirmed yeah. or whatever. And by the way, Bob, you're the uh, subject matter expert here. Is there yeah, anything the in Catholic. the Bible that says a little less of that abortion, or is it like kind of doing the math of like I guess they're into life? There's some know? really there's some really good stuff in like numbers. Oh, the old school stuff about using. Yeah. I had to, I would have to look it up again to remind some myself, expert. but there's something in. There's something in numbers about how if you suspect your wife's been stepping out on you and you start to get like jealous and <laughs> I'm mad about sure. it. I did that an actual quote. <laughs> your wife is stepping Steppeth on. out. <laughs> Biblical yeah. talk, Bob. <laughs> I didn't. I literally just said I'm not going to look it up. And I'm, you know. Uh, and if you would like to accuse this of being wacky shit, by all means. But it's it's <laughs> in the goddamn it's in the goddamn Bible. Anyway. If you believe that your wife has had an affair, yes. then you go and you take her to the to the rabbi or whatever, and you say, "I think my wife's been stepping out on me, and I don't trust her anymore, and we gotta we gotta do something about this." And and I I put this on you, and and if she's pregnant, right, or or, or potentially pregnant, what he does is the priest does some sort of a, a service where he curses some water with some like bitter herbs or something and then makes her drink it. Okay. And if her womb swells and she miscarries, then it was because she had an affair and it was an invalid improper baby making <laughs> procedure. See? But if if she goes on to, you know, have a successful pregnancy and then ha produces a baby, then you were mistaken, uh, Mr. Jealous Husband, and it was actually, she was just, she didn't bang the, the neighbor boy or whatever, and it's all totally fine. Is this the uh, precursor to Maury? Like, back, like you are in, or not the father? By the way, it's also unfalsifiable, right? Like, exactly. Whatever it's, potion. But, that's, but like the Lord is. Classic you know? Old Testament, unfalsifiable, good <laughs> yeah. stuff, yeah. It's like, well, clearly, it, it didn't take. It just is. 
it's, it's... Can you imagine if you're the woman and you got away with it? And you're just going to be banging all over town after that. Now you have to drink the gross stuff all the time. That must have happened, right? Like, clearly not my child, right? And that stupid Mori no, uh, rabbi said that this was on the up and up, right? Yep. Cost a lot of men their faith, I'm sure, when yes. what's-his-name's kid popped out of your wife's <laughs> vagine eight months Stop. later. Why does he have attached lobes like Jebediah <laughs> down the street? The Lord worked in mysterious ways. Let's pull back to Anyway, that. There's, not, there's not a lot of explicit, like the word abortion up, appears in the Bible precisely as many times as it appears in the Constitution, I think it's safe to say. So not, also it's down to zero. No, no explicit don't no, do no, there's no talk about slavery abortion. right but there's no talk about this this right. very important thing that's been a thing for two generations in America I mean before you know I do I do I understand the instinct to want to protect the most vulnerable so-called among us or not quite among us yet but <laughs> <laughs> but there, there would be a residue of that concern. That's what I'm saying. Residue. When they're very young, they're like toddlers. Nobody cares about the toddlers. Like that, that's why it's like a very they incoherent. They don't give a shit about a born baby. Right. It's very like it's like that that George Carlin bit where he's like, if you're pre-born, you're whatever. If you're preschool, yes. you're fucked. You know. Uh, but that, that's what I'm saying again. They're so transparent. It's so annoying. <laughs> I usually I, like. I wonder what if this would be fun. What if the Republicans, which let's have fun vilifying them, yeah. even though that's so not how it works. Yeah. If the Republicans were like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to take away abortion, but we're going to give you free health care. Right. How would everyone feel about it? Like, we're going to take care of everything. We're right. going to fix it all. It's going to be super affordable, super accessible, straightforward, good quality health care. Free for everyone, right. forever, no more abortions. Right. I don't know how I'd feel right. about that. But, but it's such a pie-in-the-sky thing that it would never happen. Uh, because no, like, it's, my, it's a pretend Right, no, no, that's thing. what I'm saying. Because like even something more, you would think reasonable, like, okay, let's make a concession to say, let's get ahead of this sex education. No. Uh, contraception. No. It's like uh, childhood planning. No. It's like... Hey, you sound like a, a pedophile <laughs> grooming children. All this talk about sex education and and, and contraception. I mean, older kids. But the, I, I'm saying, like, if you were, I I usually yeah. will spot no, the, people. The trade off. But the obvious trade off is not is not absolute perfect health care. It's simply free contraception. Birth control. We Just will, birth and like vasectomies, like what? birth control of all kinds. But you, this, the problem with that is you're always going to have, like, parents who don't want their kids on birth control. Right. So, like, it doesn't matter how free it is. That's true. And how, like, if the parents are like, no, you can't, then it doesn't do us any good. And then that kid's pregnant. Yeah. It's always those ones. Yeah, it's but, not the then, ones with parents right. who give them birth control. And ultimately, people are, as Abe was saying earlier, that the raw number of abortions, while it will drop in certain states, sure. is unlikely to, to change much. I do think it is worth talking about in terms of the intra-Supreme Court drama that is going to result from this. As we said, this was a leaked first draft of the opinion of the court, the implication being that Alito was writing for the majority with Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Justice Thomas on his side. According to further leaks today, 
I think CNN had it first that said that Chief Justice John Roberts was going to be on the other side and was not willing was was looking for a compromise that would essentially keep Roe v. Wade in name, but go ahead and say that the 15 week law in Mississippi could stand and that he had been trying to persuade Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh and perhaps Gorsuch uh, over to his way of thinking. Who leaked this, Abe? There are any number of different possibilities. There is what I took in the immediate aftermath of this last night to be the Occam's razor answer, which is that it was just an upset clerk of one of the liberal justices. I still think that's the most likely scenario here i don't why would it be anything else so oh we, we'll go through it in just a second right. but on, on the on the liberal justices clerk front uh, what i don't think it is is what it's been framed by a lot of the right-wing media personalities as some sort of like fucking matt walsh of all people oh your boy said this is what a real insurrection looks like the and the leak he's saying it's some sort of weird false flag thing the leak is an insurrection because it is Oof. a threat against the established order and it's an attempt to overturn the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. I mean, if this is an insurrection, this is a much kinder, gentler, less was violent, he, destructive insurrection. What was his take on the actual insurrection? Like mi- minimizing? Ah, they weren't doing anything. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. And then we had... Uh, This is from Ben Shapiro. There is little question that this leak is designed to create threat to the life and limb of any justice who signs on to the majority opinion. Prosecution to the full extent of the law. Marco Rubio said the next time you hear the far left preaching about how they are fighting to preserve our republic's institutions and norms, remember how they leaked. They... So, yeah. What he, remember how they, the far left, leaked a Supreme Court opinion in an attempt to intimidate the justices on abortion. So the, the framing by the right wing, and this was also in the immediate aftermath of this by Laura Ingram last night in the, her 10 o'clock hour on Fox News was saying a similar thing, that uh, that Roberts needed to get the FBI involved because this is essentially a threat to the lives and livelihoods of the justices on the court. That theory goes that an upset law clerk yeah. of one of the liberal justices leaked this in an attempt to intimidate one of the five people on the other side of this into switching their vote, which to me is a very dumb plan. It's not a very <laughs> coherent plan, but that's not a an obstacle always. I think the first right. connection so, I made was reality winner, right? That, right. that wasn't yeah. a smart leak either. But right. I think that it is much less likely that this is some sort of coherent political plan by an ideologue trying to change an outcome than it is somebody who's just fucking freaked out and mad about the fact that the court is about to overturn Roe v. Wade. Somebody who's spent their entire lives, no doubt, as, a, as now having ascended to one of the highest places that you can hope to ascend to as somebody who goes to law school is to clerk for a Supreme Court justice, presumably someone who they respect a great deal, who's, who's ideology and jurisprudence they respect a great deal and who while on their watch is going to watch roe v wade something that they no doubt hold personally dear be overturned and they're just fucking mad or sad about it and wanted to sort of 
uh, blow the party. Right. Right. Or it's a person. So like sometimes a person who might work in a part of government where you're not allowed to talk about it. They know things that they can't talk about. And then when the thing happens, they feel better because now everyone's talking about it. So, like, maybe this person just didn't want to keep it to themselves. (laughs) I gotta share it. Now, just, yeah, just gotta share this. So, when the story broke, uh, my immediate thought, and actually earlier, Bob, I was telling you about this uh, correctional officer story where in Alabama some uh, correctional officer who was a woman uh, was supposed to escort a prisoner somewhere and they have never since been seen and now the thinking is that they were in cahoots, some sort of like love thingy. Um, She's either dead or not uh, by now, I'm assuming. But my immediate thought was, oh, this is a thing. Because like, as soon as the story came out, I was like, this is clearly some sort of lovey-dovey thing, right? And when the political story broke, my immediate thought was, as the conventional wisdom, it had to be someone on the liberal end to get ahead of this, even though this is going to tank their career. Because, I mean, these this is a finite number of people who have touched the – you know, I mean, you have the nine – Plus, I don't know how many people they have in their office. Let's say ten people, twenty people. I don't know, like researchers and clerks and whatever. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that these these don't circulate beyond more than like four or five law clerks right. so per. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised by the time others are hearing us speak. Like by the time you publish this on Wednesday, that they will because the number is so small that they're going to be able to connect the dots and figure this out. Because I assume that we can rule out external, like North Korea didn't hack whatever the fuck. The Supreme right. Court had so it had to be somebody from the inside, and so the conventional thinking is someone from the left. Can I present an unconventional explanation? Definitely not true, but I'm going to go. I'm just going to present this. What if this was an unconventional trial balloon from the right? So, hear me out. This is going to sound stupid. The Chief Justice knows how this will play, how this will read when the ruling comes out at the end of June. People are going to, especially on the left, they're going to say the Supreme Court is now just the arm of the Republican Party. They're, they're no, whatever little legitimacy they had is gone. Kavanaugh or Gorsuch is saying, no, you're overreacting. They're playing racquetball. That's not going to happen. Someone on either camp, either uh, ch- the chief justice's camp or Kavanaugh's camp, leaks it so that they can see the reaction before they decide. And they see the freak out, and it scares Kavanaugh to joining Roberts and the three liberals to just say the 15 weeks is okay, nothing else. I like that. That's so because good. The alternative is like, because the alternative, even though it is, I would say 98%, it was somebody on the liberal end. And 2% is some, this yeah. cockamamie story that I'm coming up with. Because if it was a liberal, they're not going to change opinion of the the five are solid, right? They don't even need Roberts, right? They have the five, they have the majority. And so a liberal leaking it would just make the liberals look stupid and breaking some norm. If anything, I think it forces Kavanaugh, if this is the, if, if the thought is designed to get Kavanaugh to move from his position, it has the opposite effect, especially what? given, I mean, forgive the words that are about to come out of my mouth, but given what he went through, Right. From his perspective, right, given the way that he was treated by the left, by the mainstream media a couple of years ago, I don't think that a pressure campaign 
from the left, from an outraged mainstream media, is going to have the effect on him that you think that it might. That is ridiculous, which is why I think it's much more likely that it was just an upset staffer. A reaction, uh, uh, like Lori said, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I also don't think that it's possible that it was – that it's Kavanaugh floating a trial balloon to see how the reaction goes. It is appealing in its own way, but – you know what the reaction is going to be. I mean, the way if that we overturn Alito Roe wrote v. That, Wade, he does seem to be either aware or concerned by the the reaction. And and again, this is two percent out of the hundred percent. So I, I I I'm spending too much time presenting this as a possibility. But that's the only. If the idea was, because what's the point of leaking this in May? It's going to be a big story in June, right? At the end of June, I'll give you I'll get I'll give you another reason to leak it. Yeah. And it also comes from the conservative side, but not from somebody who's concerned about how this is going to go over. It is instead Alito or Thomas, maybe, or who knows, but it's somebody on that side of things or a clerk on that side of things working on their own, thinking, look, Roberts was squishy on the health care law. We talk about previous leaks from the Supreme Court. You go back to the ruling on Obamacare. And apparently he changed his mind in the last few weeks, right. switching from wanting to overrule the bill to to deciding to back it and calling it both a tax and not a tax in, in his opinion, right. which, you know, whatever. There are bad opinions from even good justices from time to time. That's one of them. But if you're trying to lock down somebody who you are afraid is a little bit squishy and you leak this as a way of showing – this was written as a majority opinion of the court right. by Alito, and it fully and full-throatedly and absolutely overturned Roe v. Wade in the perfect culmination of 50 years of the conservative judicial project. Right. And you're a clerk for Alito or Alito himself or you know, who knows. But you're worried now that Kavanaugh's getting cold feet and might be thinking about switching to the Roberts position? Might you leak this as a way of attempting to solidify that? Because Kavanaugh doesn't want it out there that this was on the table in front of him and he turned it down. Right. I think that 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 does actually solve a lot of the other questions, because if, you know, this is a February 10th or whatever ruling and there has been some wavering since uh, going back to the racquetball thing, uh, Roberts is getting on Kavanaugh and uh, there's whispers from the clerks uh, that Kavanaugh is softening, and in a few weeks, by Memorial Day, he may be all the way, you know, because the argument that Robert could present is like, why do we need to eat the whole thing? Just nibble, accept the 15 weeks, right, and then go from there. Because if you do this, you're just going to get a lot of junk cases the rest of the way, because whatever happened to that bounty system that Texas came up with, all that nonsense is going to be widespread and I'm gonna have case after case after case on abortion related issues and why not just they said 15 weeks we'll accept it if some other case comes at six weeks we'll deal with it then but let's do it over time cooler heads will prevail maybe Kavanaugh and I don't know why I'm assuming it's Kavanaugh and not Gorsuch but I've always thought it was gonna be Kavanaugh that was gonna be the fifth vote on the other side uh maybe the others, the, the solid four, like Coney Barrett and uh, Thomas, and then got a whiff of it, I guess, in your example, and they, 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 they leaked it to lock them in, to lock him in anyways, to make sure that he doesn't move. 
that's another possibility as you presented. I'm not I, like I said. Occam's Razor tells me it's an upset uh, right. law clerk of one of the liberal justices, but Occam's Razor also tells me that it's not impossible that this came from somebody on the other on the other side. And for what it's worth, if it is, first of all, if it if it was one of the clerks, I we're absolutely guaranteed to find out, and we oh, will yeah. find out. This is, it's going to be quick, of, right? I don't think it's going to be this long right. like who done it thing, right? If it was one of the justices, we will never know, right? It'd be funny and if we will know the chief that it, justice himself is like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> right. But we will never know. We will know, in fact, that it was one of the justices if we never find out who it was. Right. Right. Like there's no there's no scenario in which it was a clerk and they were just so good at hiding the fact that they were going to do this that that nobody finds out. By the out way, this is it. like I, this is a disbarment, right? This is I mean, unless they do the like, I'm Spartacus thing. Right. I, I just, you get a bunch of liberal staffers together that just say, "Yeah, I did it." Yeah. Oh, like. A <laughs> and there were there were pieces today that pushed back on the idea that this was unprecedented, which I found to be like just hilariously unnecessary contrarianism. Just for yeah, the that's just someone, for the sake of that's it. That's what I'm always telling you. Sometimes people are just being assholes and contrarians and you have to just ignore no, it, them. No, and that's fine, but like it's always presented as oh, relax everyone. This happens from time to time. Calm your calm your tits. Right. It's like and yeah, you can go back and you can find examples of things leaking out about the court. So the Roberts thing is a great example. There's no reason for the public to know that he changed his vote in the final weeks before the healthcare ruling came out, but we do know about it. But that leak happened like years later. Right. And also, uh, and then the other examples that they present uh, are outcomes, not here's the fucking opinion, like the whole yeah. thing. Right. Right. I don't think you that's find ever out happened after. before. It's not a leak if it's after. It's just finding out more stuff. Right. Like the, well, and the original. but like Time Magazine broke the Roe v. Wade story the morning that. Roe v. Wade was read a few right, hours it was later. Time. They were kind of given an advance notice, so by the time the publication came out, the ruling came out. Right? I think it was like right. They didn't. They didn't intend to beat the justices to the punch. Uh, the story wasn't written in such a way as mm. like this is a scoop. Right. But because the ruling got delayed by a few days, and Time Magazine went to bed a week prior or whatever, then they they happened to beat them to the punch. But there are there is no example in the modern history of the court of an entire draft of an opinion leaking months before it was due. This has never happened before, and it is and uh, metaphorically speaking, it's a fucking seismic event. It's does it make me like a bad person that I kind of love it? It's chaos. Yeah, I've never seen it before. I was like, what I am I reading? I kind of love. It's just like, uh, what if I just fucking tell people? Like, <laughs> but you would have to be out of your mind if. I don't know how hard it is. I imagine it's exceptionally hard to find yourself being a clerk for a Supreme sure. Court and to just. But maybe like, they decided they don't want to be a lawyer after all. I know, but like you're a liberal, you you know how to count. They're already at five without the Chief Justice, right? They're already at five, and so like you're not gonna do anything to change that. And so like why you're gonna ruin your whole life over two months? Like it could have been released like in mid June, late June. This is why I. This is why I continue to lean a little bit. Like, like, like I said, Occam's Razor. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. I think I'm starting to I warp lean. your idea. By the way, Bob, without putting too much thought into it, say you're Kavanaugh. You like beer, right? You were with the majority. 
in February and you're wavering, you're wavering, and now you're being boxed in. And you kind of suspect that it's some, some Thomas fucking clerk or some asshole trying to box you in. What do you do? Do you stick with your February vote or you say, fuck this, I'm going to go with the chief and do the narrow 15 weeks? If that scenario Before you was- answer, I really hope that Supreme Court justices aren't intimidated or swayed <laughs> by ridiculous leaks. <laughs> One would like oh, to think. <laughs> no. But you're being manipulated. The impression is that I'm I'm being manipulated. No matter where you are in the world, your position, no matter what it is, you live you swim in the social dynamics of the of the fucking fish right. tank that you're in. Right. And absolutely they are all I thought the whole point of them was to be like completely impartial. Yes, but within that fish tank, it is still the, the weird social dynamics still go on constantly. Ugh, they whole they country can, is so stupid. They can pretend that they exist that, that, that they're all just pals who hang out playing racquetball and discussing things over tea, but they are are all still impacted by the social dynamics and and I I Kavanaugh probably more than the rest of them. Pussy. I don't know. If I'm Kavanaugh, am I... And you're already kind of wavering. You're, you're kind of taking in the other argument to just rule on the case You've itself. already date-raped some people. It's totally fine. If I'm Kavanaugh, I... You're fucked either way, basically, right? You're fucked either way, but I like I. the part of the problem is that I, I so naturally... The, <laughs> it's such a hard baby to split here. I keep going back to Would that metaphor. Would you open a can of beer but to the, decide the, to kind of the the problem is the problem is that is that Alito's not wrong with a lot of his diagnosis of Roe v. Wade, right? Like the 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 big problem here for liberals and the reason that they're so mad about this is that like deep down. They sort of know that Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided, right? But most people don't make those considerations. It's an outcome thing. Like, you think people are sitting there worried about the gay law that uh, Kennedy wrote? It's flimsy. I don't know. I hope so. And it's why what I said at the top about the philosopher kings, like, I, I sincerely mean that. Every time one of these outcomes from the Supreme Court turns out to be the correct decision according to the prevailing morality of the day sure it's a relief but it stands on nothing we must beware castles built in sand and like (laughs) some cliches fucking matter and if you're not going to couch your jurisprudence and your law in the foundational documents of the system that you're operating within, then you can expect these sort of things to happen from time to time. The sands will shift and the people who are making these decisions are going to make decisions that you disagree with. But this has never... And if and if we had like we had fifty fucking years to codify this into law, there's a bill sitting on the Senate side of the of Congress right now that protects abortion as a legal federal right, right? Like the, there's a the, it, does it go too far for people like Joe Manchin and 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 some others uh, to and Cinema perhaps? I think Cinema's on board on on this, but yeah, Manchin already came out and said he wasn't going to get rid of the filibuster for it, right? And think about how dumb that would be to, to, to nuke the filibuster here because then we would be precisely 18 months away or whatever, whatever the distance is between now and the next Congress. Not even 18 months, nine months away from the Republicans taking control of both houses of Congress next January and passing whatever the fuck they wanted with their bare majority that they're going to have. Do you right? think that there's any like, chance that let's say somehow – 
the Dems passed on the federal level this, and and the states came back and said this is a very personal issue. It should be decided at the most local level, and the federal law can't stand. And Alito comes up with some cockamamie explanations to, oh, I don't see this written anywhere. I mean, even with a supremacy clause that says you should <laughs> defer to what the federal government says, but I, I just I'm not sure if even that would work, right? Because first they would have to get rid of the filibuster, right? And then it becomes a majority-only thing. So let's say, for whatever reason, Manchin had an, a, a change of heart, and he was like, no, I'm committed to the uh, codifying Roe v. Wade. It's already passed in the House. It's stalled in the Senate, but we can pick it up because we're still in the Congress. Well, first first of all, I think it's, it's worth pointing out that it's more likely that it would be Susan Collins than it would be Joe Manchin right. at this point. Right, and but- Lisa Murkowski. But I think they would be... Yes, votes on the law, but there will be no votes on the filibuster. They still need somebody, and it's not going to be Manchin. I don't think Collins would go so far as to get rid of it. But if they had the votes, or let's say— I don't know. I don't know. I think Collins—it's a stupid hypothetical game we're playing here. But I think that Collins has a long-established record of wanting to codify Roe v. Wade into law. And this might be something that she—now that she's—if she's— fucking suffering the wages of confirming voting to confirm Kavanaugh and Gor- and Gorsuch who assured her that they would respect precedent when it comes to this uh, particular case uh, that she feels betrayed in some way then who knows maybe she is willing right. to but to nuke I guess the, the point that here. I'm getting at is if the only the, the only way to do this is to get rid of the filibuster and then it becomes a straight up majority vote 50 plus 1 right you can have a scenario where Every two years, every four years, every time it changes hands, it goes back and forth. It's legal. Right. It's not legal. And, it's, and you, it's legal. You absolutely would. Right. And 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 this is what I'm saying. You, the fucking Alito guy does not recognize the vacuum that he's creating by this. You can't just say, "Well, they ruled it incorrectly." Yes, you're right on that. But you have to take into consideration the real world. You are in it. This is happening. No, they don't do that. They don't do that. Okay, but if we're going that's to that's the whole problem. It, like, if we're going to be but it's like, if we're going to be a good faith if we're going to be good faith interlocutors here, right. then you have to recognize that there was already a process happening that was liberalizing the abortion laws in in state after state in this country before we got to Roe v. Wade, and they attempted to uh, make the jump to hyperspace and just make it legal everywhere, and and. And, and what that did is that it froze us in the same position that we've been in on this question for the last 50 Wait, years. you think we'd be further along if Roe v. Wade wasn't around? There hasn't been any movement on making this law anyways, right? And, I think that – yeah, of- I, think that it, I think that it absolutely entrenched people in ways that they, they did not believe that they could come out from, at least some percentage, right? And it doesn't matter – and you look at the polling and you go – you break it down by demographics and it's just remarkable the consistency because men and women have – like you always hear people talk about how these awful men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies or whatever. The difference in opinion between men and women on this is absolutely within the margin of error and usually way closer than that. Is it more it's ideologically like, based than, than gender? Yeah, it has nothing to do with gender. Right. So the, the idea that this is just a bunch of men who are, are making or stepping out of school and making laws about women's bodies is a, a silly way of turning this but, into a culture war fight. But, when it, when it, it, I mean, yes, it is a culture war fight, but it's not that particular strain of culture war fight. Yes, but it's fair to say that the men shouldn't be allowed to weigh in on it at all. So just take the women then. 
And uh, by the way, th again, I think I said this before, this is only going to impact a segment of the population, poor people, right? Poor women, rather. Yeah. This is not the people who are... Well, it, but then it will affect everyone long term, Right, though. no, that's true. And that's the thing that fucking sucks. Right. Like, it, it doesn't... It immediately only affects right. poor people. But, like, it won't take long for it to really affect everyone right. in a much less tangible annoying way right. and then it'll be like oh the immigrants and the blacks yeah. with the crime right. again like ah, yeah, yeah. With all these Weird. homeless people and yeah it, yeah the whole thing is, is is kind of a kind of a mess i do think that it is worth pointing out that it matters that roe v way was wrongly decided and i guess i just keep going I, I, back I, to I, that i think it, it matters in a Kind of like an abstract way, but like in, in a purely in, academic yeah, sense. Yeah, because in the sure. real world, yeah, which doesn't matter. This is kind of reminiscent of uh, this is a bit of a stretch, but you know the cash bail reform and the prison reform, and like the, the, for many years, people who are poor would be stuck in jail waiting for trial, right? And people say that's kind of fucked up. You know, they're they haven't been sentenced to anything, right? This pre-trial detention. Yeah. And everybody that has a house or some money, they can just be processed and go home and the case will take however long it takes. And so they got rid of it uh in, in some places and crime ticked up, right? Or at least maybe those things weren't related, but people are pointing to the reform. Uh, so you can make a principled First argument. First of all, it's, there's a, it's, a, it's, it's not a crazy correlation to start to draw to say we're going to end cash bail at the same time that we're going to stop enforcing uh, a, a whole slew of misdemeanor crimes in a handful of cities across the country, and then crime goes up. Like, it doesn't take a fucking genius. Right, but what I'm saying is <laughs> you had the unintended consequence by this wrong thing. I think it's wrong to hold people for long periods of time – until they're convicted or acquitted or whatever, right? But that had the right. unintended consequence of like, it's almost like a dragnet, basically holding some of those people who were accused of the crime that actually did the crime, right? And this system, which wasn't designed to prevent crime, it was just kind of... Right. And, and who are most likely to repeat. Right. People who are most... Right, right. because so it actually, criminals are criminals. Right, so it actually yeah. solved a problem but it fucked it up for all the other people that are being held by this system, right? So if you just said, fuck it, let's just get rid of it and whatever may come, we'll live with it, the shankings and the murderers, right? People will say, this is outrageous. And you're like, well, it was argued well that uh, cash bail reform is – like nobody would hear you in that sense because it's a real life like – that's my granny that just got shanked, right? And so fuck all the principle. Keep those people in jail. I don't care if they're, they're, their constitutional rights are being violated, right? So I just don't – whatever system we have, I always say let's come up with a uniform system and we apply it in all cases. You can't say in one case we have to be absolutist and whatever comes will come. And in another setting, say, no, we have to be more practical and, and, and let's live with the imperfect system we have because it's better than the alternative, Right. Which way are we going? I thought that in this case, imperfect system we had, states were still kind of moving around. I mean, if they let Mississippi have this 15-week thing, that's more restrictive than other places, right? And maybe it moves down to 10 or whatever. That's more restrictive, but there's some wiggle room. The way that the decision reads is that if a state wanted to just do an outright ban, and if they had like, oh, we have a duty to notify by all the medical professionals in that state that they have to rat out people who are pregnant 
and share this personal information and have some Yahoo in Wisconsin sue somebody in, in Mississippi because they're injured somehow. Like, you're creating chaos. You're doing nothing to approve the system. Also, like, the thing with the disallowing IUDs, man, that's not okay. IUDs are great. Yeah, sure. There are terrible laws that are going to result from this. I'm not, I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying that I think that there's a natural instinct to discount how profoundly radicalizing Roe v. Wade was and the way that it gave birth to arguably the entire culture war that we now currently live in. I'm not saying that it is best that it is left up to the states, but any rational and complete reading of the Constitution, I think, requires it to be left up to the because states, barring— a woman in Idaho is different than a woman in Georgia? Like, I, I, that's, that's the part I don't get. Like, I understand federalism and the separation, but, like, what is it a, about a pregnant person? Barring the willingness of the lawmaking body of this country, the tribune of the people, which is what Congress is supposed to be, to actually do their fucking job, yes— that the short answer is simply yes. If Congress is utterly unwilling to, has fully abdicated on this question, as they have for the last 50 years, since they had every opportunity to make it into a, into a law and codify it, rather than allow it to rest on uh, uh, what everyone, what every good faith interpreter of Roe v. Wade understood, which is that it was uh, a castle built in sand, that it was not a very stable castle. It is an imperfect, but very a lot more stable than what we're going towards now, right? So it's not like it wasn't falling it, it apart. Requ it requires it requires so many leaps of logic point, and understanding way, to, to, uh, to 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 read a right to abortion into the Fourteenth Amendment. So I, on it's that just point, not okay, there. So on that point, because this seems to be one of the many problems with the Constitution, I still haven't gotten around to writing mm. the revision yet. But do you think there is a two-thirds or three-fourths, whatever the, the standard is, to make a new constitutional amendment, a right to privacy, right? Just fucking write it on a piece of paper and make it into a constitutional amendment. You, I can't believe it's been 200 plus years and we're pretending that people don't have a right to privacy. Do you think that we would have enough states and enough votes to pass a very simple, not complicated, individuals have a right to privacy, period? And then can you build on that? Hey, fuck you. I'll do whatever I want with contraception or I can buttfuck whomever I want in Texas or I can have an abortion within the prescribed time. Anywhere, right? But like, fuck could, whomever was hilarious. Is that no. not a... I don't know. And I don't know if you can go I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know either. What I said a few months ago and what I've maintained for a long time is that I do believe that there is a very broad consensus on what would be rational abortion legislation. And it would be something like, in the first trimester, abortion is safe, legal, and rare, right? You And, and you do everything in your power to prevent unwanted pregnancies. You use contraception. Now that the Catholic Church has all but come around on the concept, uh, contraception isn't terribly controversial in most cer certainly outside of some very hardcore 20 percent or something right. like that right like there's at least there's broader agreement on 
widespread contraception, I think, than there is on, on abortion, certainly. So you tie that into some sort of an abortion law that, that allows for, and this is just going based on, you just go to Google up Gallup abortion polling through the years, and you can see just how consistent this is, which is that there's something like 20% of people who believe it should be illegal in all cases, and there's something like 80% of people who think that it should be By the way, legal that, in certain does, cases. I, I, think, I don't think I asked you. Does that matter, the polling? Because... Right, I mean, does it in terms of in terms of legislation? Yeah. No, in terms, terms of, of the Supreme uh, Court, it, like if it, it, it had the same numbers, the same spread as gay marriage, abortion, would it not be the same argument you're making that it's still a flawed ruling? Right, it, that, that wouldn't change. The numbers could be a ninety-five to five. Right, but what I'm but, but what I'm saying is that the nobody's going to challenge the gay marriage thing no, no, but, because of the polling, right? But, right, but, but that's what I'm saying. So what kind of standard is that, right? So you can have just as faulty of a rule, but if it's overwhelming popular, that no one would dare to challenge it because they would risk losing their their position, right? But it's still the same flawed case. Right, but that's the thing. People will people because it's such a hardcore group, because the evangelicals on this issue will forever be evangelicals on this. They're never going to have their mind changed right. that the elimination of a fetus isn't a human murder, right. right? They will always hold that position. And that's fine for them. That's fine because we do have functionally a majoritarian society at the end of the day, and especially when it comes to something like this where there is broad consensus on the idea that abortion in the first trimester is largely fine, especially given potential birth defects and the, the health and, and safety of the mother and, that, and, and rape and incest and all of the usual caveats that you hear, and that any abortion happening after that first trimester— uh, say in the up up until six months or so, where the the it's, it's of questionable vi questionable viability outside of the womb, you reserve that exclusively for uh, the health related awful stuff. right health related things, and then in the in the third trimester you say it's basically done, right. barring an emergency. Pr and and by the way, it is it already never happens, right? Like the 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 partial birth boogeyman is basically doesn't right. it doesn't fucking right. happen anyway. But you continue to say that is something that effectively is illegal, except for in in the heat of the of the emergency moment where we're triaging one life for another, essentially. Right. Uh, but this very reasonable that system a, uh, that you come up with, what would this, would that have had a better chance to withstand Alito's arguments? Yes, because it doesn't rely on the 14th amendment and some bizarre but what is it, reading okay, of, so then what, what's the first trimester? What are you hanging your hat on with that? Like what's the argument? How do you keep abortion Legal. Who has standing? Who has standing to challenge that law? The, the, the baby or I'm, whatever. I'm right? asking you. No, what I'm saying is like the the again. Full disclosure: I only read the first like six pages. Uh, but does he get into competing interest, finding a threshold other than viability? Is there any sort of curiosity even about like what sort of standard to come up with, or it's whatever the states say? And then if they go too far, maybe down the road we'll look it's, into it's it. Not, it. It's not an affirmative decision. It's, a, it's a, an attempt to pick apart the Roe v. Wade decision. Right. So what he's saying is that they wrote into existence 
a right that previously did not exist and that if you go back and you look at the previous 150 years of the American system, in fact, it was more likely the case that abortion was illegal after viability and it, it, it uses the term quickening, right? right? So quickening is the term that we had before viability. Which is when you could feel you the baby. Start to feel the baby move. You can feel the baby moving within you, and that that abortion, once that happened, had basically, in common law, and and according to most legal theorists, it had always been wrong or illegal once the quickening had happened. But before that, it's largely, and he doesn't really acknowledge anywhere in the sixty pages of decision plus thirty pages of of notes that. For many years before Roe v. Wade, that early termination of pregnancy wasn't necessarily illegal. That I mean, it, it, part of the problem is that we didn't have the terminology in the same way that we do now. Right. Abortion is wasn't in the Bible, right? But whatever. I don't know. One one last way to to talk about this is in terms of what it means for sort of garbage politics moving forward on, on the immediate short term, and if the Democrats don't screw this up. This is a potential big win for them in a lot of these, I think, smaller and more local races, say, for example, in Georgia. I, I can't imagine where Governor Kemp is happy about this because it was going to be a close thing. But if this animates people. If Governor Kemp has to answer a question every day between now and the first Tuesday in November about abortion, right. that's bad for and him. And it's not this Whereas a defensible abortion, right? Or at least to him, like he can fall back on his Christianity and say blah, blah, blah. But there are bills and idiots out there floating without regard to rape, without regard to incest. It doesn't matter how it comes about. You have to carry that baby to term. So You can't get pregnant from rape, so it's fine. (laughs) On occasion it happens. But yes, he will be having to field those kind of questions, and he won't be alone, I'm sure— I think J.D. Vance just won uh, his primary tonight, um, and so yeah. he will be fielding these questions. So, like, on that front, I do wonder when it's like a toss-up, jump ball kind of thing, <laughs> is this going to tip it one way? Because it's six months from now, right? The Dems are a very fickle bunch. They're going to be worried about student loans or whatever in, by, in two weeks, right? Is the same fervor and the motivation today, and maybe it'll renew itself at the end of June, right? But that's still then four months, five months before the elections. As long as you just allow the Republicans to step in it, then you're going to be fine as a Democrat. The moment that you give in to the activist class on your own side, and the good news is is that uh, the primaries are fucking done largely, right? <laughs> the primaries are, are all happening now. Right. So this didn't have to become a big thing on the left for where you get people talking about clumps of tissue and you get people talking about shouting your abortion and that whole crowd like that if if you allow the left the far left the people who say that uh, abortion is just a, a question of eliminating some excess tissue from birthing people right like if you allow that right. that crowd to drive the conversation from your side then you're going to lose because most people find that sort of talk monstrous right. i'm not saying i find it monstrous right. but like to the average american just look at the polling abortion is not something they they really want to think about or talk about too much it's this unpleasant thing that if you're confronted with and even if you take advantage of the service you don't particularly want to talk about it 
But if you can get Republicans, if you can get these fucking dummy Rick Santorum types and the Todd Akins to say the terrible things that they're wont to say the moment they have to talk about abortion, then you're going to win by default. As long as you don't let the worst people on your side drive the conversation. And I think that somebody like Stacey Abrams can benefit greatly from something like this. I think that Raphael Warnock in Georgia going up against, if it ends up being Herschel Walker— Oh, ask Herschel Walker about Get Herschel abortions. to talk about abortion Ooh. constantly, right? right? And and Raphael Warnock will run away with the thing, relatively speak, by a point or two, he'll run right. away think, with the yeah, thing. Because I'm sure their handlers are going to tell them we need to exercise some discipline on messaging, but they're going to be getting— I'm going to get Herschel Walker a shirt that says, ask me about abortions, <laughs> and he'll wear it. I'll make it red. I'll I'll put a big R on it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I, I guess they can overplay or do whatever. Because it sounds like, at least from what I'm hearing and reading the day after this uh, leak, uh, is that they're going to try to say they're, this is the beginning. They're, they can't, they're coming after abortion now. Then they're going to come after gay marriage. Who knows about interracial marriage? They can overplay that. Like you're going to get to a point where it's like a ridiculous kind of thing where, what do you mean, the Supreme Court justice is a interracial right, except- marriage? <laughs> All you have to do is point at some of these trigger laws. If the Missouri thing goes into effect, where you're basically saying that having an IUD is akin to abortion, which is akin to murder, like, and we're going to prosecute IVF doctors. People, it's like private. It's like thousands, lots of thousands of dollars. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to make IVF illegal in half the states in this country, right. like those are. That's how you have this fucking conversation. Right. Is that the more ridiculous uh, these state legislature because. It is it, the the worst of these are all coming from state legislatures. The the dumbest yeah. things are all coming from Mississippi and Texas and Missouri. And if you're going to say that the morning after pill is the same as IVF, right. is the same as an IUD, and that all of them are murder, right. you're going, you're to, going lose. to lose. You're going to lose badly. And, and it's inevitable that some reporters are going to link the, the atrocities in Ukraine, where people are getting raped induced pregnancies and the u.s and the western powers are like shipping you know like the morning after pill or whatever uh, whatever pills that they can send to them they're gonna ask a uh herschel walker type that kind of thing and he'll say he'll just walk right into it i don't agree with that and then oh shit you said something really stupid and the whole thing will fall apart i'm sure mcconnell's like let's just fixate on the who leaked it and and talk up that and just let, let's not get into the abortion stuff but it's going to be hard for some of the republican candidates because they're not very disciplined and they're going to step on it i guess on the dem side they shouldn't just they should let that happen you know as you say all right i need to wrap up the stupid abortion talk my bottom line is the same as it was months ago and i, I think to sum up your bottom line you're sort of saying if you'll allow me, allow me to put words into your mouth that upsetting the apple cart in this case is sort of the gravest sin and it's not the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze here. And my bottom line is the more that we rely on these philosopher kings to decide all of these important issues for us, the worse off we will be in the long run, uh, no matter how unpleasant the spilling of the apple cart is here in the short run. And ultimately, I do think that there is 
a little bit of hyperbole that goes on because the fact of the matter is Missouri had already eliminated the vast majority of abortions uh, by their super restrictive laws, uh, forcing people to go elsewhere in order to get them. And there, yes, there, half the states are going to say that abortion is effectively eliminated here, but another half of the states are going to, if they haven't already, will codify abortion uh, into their state laws. And ultimately, ultimately, I expect that I don't know what to expect on the long run. If we're being, if I'm being totally honest, but but in the in the medium to short run, I expect that there will be a great deal of activism on attempting to ensure that anybody who needs access to abortion care in these deeply red states where these trigger laws are going to go into effect here in possibly as early as this summer, that accessing that care uh, will be as as painless as possible. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to say beyond that. I had been uh, hypothetical heavy, so I'll end it with uh, my point anyways, with one more hypothetical. Do you, do you not think that this will create more of this disruptive kind of we won't hold the all-star game here because the state is pushing that or. I don't know. All I know about that is that I don't want to hear what the fuck uh, yum brands has to say about (laughs) abortion. Don't follow them on Twitter. I don't want, I don't want, I mean, and the culture war is totalizing and everyone has to take a position or else, but like what's going on. We haven't talked much about what's going on with DeSantis and, and Florida I think that that is something that is very foolhardy for the Republicans to start to tie themselves into, which is to to do these sorts of culture war battles with – because that's all it is. It's just a stupid fucking stunt. And the fact of the matter is there are any number of ways in which the fucking woke left oversteps, but largely it doesn't happen on the Disney campus. Like, fuck with (laughs) Disney. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I don't want to fuck with Disney, but you go ahead. (laughs) The last thing that I that I care about is like Publix's the 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 Kroger or Publix's position on the abortion question. And I don't want to hear them having like feeling like they have to affirm or deny one thing or They're, another. They don't want to do it, by the way. They're getting a, a lot of they pressure. They don't want from- to, and it's very easy to avoid. It's one of the easiest things to avoid. You just stay off of Twitter. One truly last thing here. This is, uh, I don't know how much to believe from this. I saw this come across the way today. Uh, Sony, which owns the rights to the Spider-Man franchise, right, and works with Disney to produce Spider-Man movies these days in order to maximize profits. Everyone says the new one's good. I'm sure it's great. Do you know uh, one audience in the world who won't get a chance to find out whether or not the new Spider-Man is is any good or not? Taiwan, China, India, Peru. China is the answer. China. Uh, they're kissing? Is there too much kissing? This is from an article that I read today. It says, Sony loses millions after rejecting China's demand to remove Statue of Liberty from new oh. Spider-Man film. Chinese regulators reportedly modified the original request to remove the action-packed sequence, instead asking for the removal of certain shots from the sequence that they deemed too, quote-unquote, patriotic, such as the scenes where Tom Holland's Spider-Man stands on the Statue of Liberty's crown. The regulators also suggested that dimming the parts when the statue is shown in order to make it less noticeable. You know, so they used to- China would like 
to turn down the lights on Liberty in order to show fuck Sony's Spider-Man in their uh, in their country. Their focus used to be on the weird sex stuff, right? Anything that's sexual in nature that would be against. But now, like, I mean, they're speaking in English. They're in... Not in, in China. America. I mean, it's not Statue of Liberty, but, I mean, they're showcasing America, right? That's... That seems kind of a weak... Yeah, but the, we, it's still too high on the liberty. Right. Sony <laughs> estimates they lost between 170 and $340 million in ticket sales by not capitulating to China's demands. Well, well that makes me want to buy it. And also... Let's buy it. So uh, They made a lot of money. I mean, I remember when the movie opened here and the place was packed. They did... Uh, yeah, yeah, they made a they made a nice pile of money, but they lost like you know ten to fifteen percent of their potential right. haul by not well, you gotta have to live uh, with capitulating that. to the Chinese. Allegedly, I don't know how much I China, believe that. China story. gave the green light to the the dinosaur movie that's coming out. I guess there's no issues there with the Jurassic World or Park or any movie. Any movie that gets a full green light from the uh, scumbags in the Chinese Communist Party, I think, is one that we should just ignore <laughs> entirely. I think that's my that's my new. <laughs> reactionary take on how to consume American media. I think is, that's fair. If the Chinese give it a thumbs up, it's not good enough that's for me. Not good enough. Actually, that's not a bad standard. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, an emergency podcast from Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head on over to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. You know what I get to do tomorrow? What's that? Go to, Go to the gynecologist. Game. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Both of those things? You've got a gynecologist in the morning and baseball in the evening. That sounds... And a dentist after the gynecologist oh, and a whole day busy. of work. Wow. So it's really great for me. At least you don't have to sit in a quiet room and listen to this me again. and yeah. you and Abe <laughs> talk about abortion for two One hours. One more hypothetical, Bob. Like, oh, let's cut this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill myself. Abe, you uh, make the movies this week? I, I did. I uh, I went to see the, I want to get the title right, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. It's, it's a another lot of one fun. that I wanted to see. I want to see this one real bad. It's basically Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas, a version of Nicolas Cage, and there's yet another Nicolas Cage in it. Like they did some de aging thing that looked horrible, but I think that was kind of the point. Like his ego is like his younger self. And now he's like per- his personified in the film as his younger self. Right. Yeah. And they actually, he makes out with himself. I don't know if MTV still does those awards, but <laughs> shoe in for the Kiss uh, Award. But the movie is pretty good. Uh, it's a ridiculous premise. Basically, like he's pl- kind of playing himself and he's kind of on the outside of his star power. And some guy involved with crime grew up loving Nicolas Cage movies and he brings him into this island and he's like, can you read the script that I wrote so you can be in it? And the CIA is right. involved, and it becomes a whole stupid thing. But it's kind of just amusing the whole time. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And so you uh, enjoyed it? It was yeah. I I, I did uh, th- I did not watch this, but I read it. But I heard some troubling reports out of uh, the Fast Ten franchise. Apparently, the director for that is uh, leaving because this Vin Diesel guy is a total piece of shit. Uh, so. The, the upcoming movie, don't expect too much, Bob, whenever you get around oh, to watching don't. Fast <laughs> I won't get my hopes up. Don't worry. Is there a version of this podcast from like 2009 that would like do a whole segment on is it gay if like like if you and a version of yourself show up in the same multiverse or whatever? Yeah. 
feel like you guys have never been that into whether or not things are gay. Like, can you jerk yourself off if yourself is, in fact, personified next to like you? It's one bro bridge too far, even for you. <laughs> one of myself will be opposed to it, so no. That's the thing. Like, game game's over real quick. There's no touching. <laughs> what are your fingers? What did we watch? I don't know. What happened? What did we watch? Oh, we watched the pirate thing. Oh, yeah. We the, started watching Our Flag Means guy? Death. No, pirate. Oh, pirate. Okay. Oh, the uh, Taiki Watiti. Oh, something means death. Yeah, yeah Our Flag Means it's Death. good. Yeah, we watched, only one episode. Uh, the, How'd you guys like it? Three episodes of that. Lovely. I enjoyed it. It's yeah. funny. It's cute. The first episode What else fun. did we watch? What do we do? We watched the commentary track of Flywheel. Oh, Fly we did what we said we were going to do. Oh, oh that, it was uh, great. Bad Christian, Christian movie, movie. Flywheel. We watched I, the I director's that. commentary. <laughs> Amazing. It was exactly as I remembered it. It's mostly these, good? these two sincere? fucking herbs sitting around talking about the camera that they used. and One how, of them is really interested in like the story and the characters and the other one's like yeah we used a ex720 in this shot we were gonna use the and there's billy from church <laughs> there goes there goes bill he's married to jane and jane was in the movie if you look back there there she's from church but yeah i want to see that nick cage movie there's i don't know i i, I COVID should... numbers are going up 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 and i'm not interested so well. i'm not going to any movies COVID's over. Fauci says I think, so. Uh, yeah, that's fine. If I don't have to take a week off work, I'm all for it. But I as long as they're still making people quarantine, then I can't afford it. And I'm, also, we have, like, friends visiting and then, like, Katie's ballet recital. Like, there's just too much going too much on. I, I think the movie would have played better if it was a streaming thing. Like, if more people watched it. Because I think I was, like, the only one in the theater watching. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is not like a lovely. big theatrical yeah. release. They should have just... Put it on Netflix or something. The but, Nick Cage one? Yeah. At least, I mean, no. when, when it's I was gotten watching, terrific reviews. No, no, I think it's reviews, been like. It, it didn't seem like it was doing a lot of business, at least the day that mm -hmm. I went. I was like literally the only maybe one. It's a, maybe it's a slow burn. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, and it's a quick under two hours, get in, get out. There seems to have been like a side, like Tiffany Haddish and some other guy that's in a lot of things I've never seen or like the CIA people. It seems like there were some rewrites because. They just disappear for like an hour at the end. You never gotcha. see them again. It's a weird. Hey, how about how about them dogs? Oh yeah. What was it? What was the total? 15? 13? Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen Georgia Bulldogs to the NFL. 15. Five in the first round should have been six. Almost really could have been seven if you consider the uh, yeah the Florida State fact guy. That the Florida State guy and then Nicobe got dropped for. Unclear reasons. I would it's like the to injury that they're just worried about. They, someone's trying to get him cheap so that he, you know, he'll be fine. But I wonder if that rumor that was floating is true that there was the option to do surgery and he opted against, and these teams were scared that this is a more serious injury than because otherwise he's like a first round grade. And yeah. I, he fell to the stupid Eagles. Uh, two, two Georgia players fall, fall to Philadelphia. Yeah, but, but it'll be fun. It will not be fun to watch two Georgia defensive greats play for the fucking Eagles. <laughs> well, for me, I guess. I don't care. <laughs> Although you would, you, would, you would think if you lose that many people to the NFL, then next year you should suck. But Georgia schedule is awfully easy other than Oregon at the top. Well, like, they won't 
We won't suck. We yeah. won't be as good. Yeah. We don't need to be as and good. Fucking Trey, Trey Walker went to fucking Jacksonville. I mean, it's fun to go number one, but did it have to be the Jags? <laughs> he made like $45 million or something I mean, would just you, now. Would like, you rather play for the Jags or the Lions? I mean, there wasn't a lot of good options at the time. I'd rather play in Detroit a million times. Really? A, I don't want to live in Florida. Know, but it's it's warmer. too hot. I mean, it's cold in Detroit. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, that's... Shorts. We're they, different there. They I play would inside. a million times right, rather but I can go to Detroit. Savannah whenever I want. You know, You're, and you made forty million dollars in a night. <laughs> you can real, go to Savannah question, whenever you want. <laughs> the real question here is: Do you want to live in Indianapolis or do you want to live? Oh in no, I was playing for the Colts. Yes, yes, of course. The Colts is not a big thing. They got oh, interior, obviously, yeah, because there's a big Come difference on. between Indianapolis and Detroit in terms of quality of life. <laughs> team. for your average millionaire. But if it if a team doesn't matter, I'd rather be warm. Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. By the way, uh, to the untrained listener, this would just seem like a regular episode, right? It's like, oh, it just this came This was a, a regular episode. Yeah, it was sort of I the, know, but the, it's the emergency. <laughs> the joke is that it's an emergency podcast. Uh, and our first one I mean all these many years and, and have like, we never had an emergency so. pod in the past Did, were we no. recording when Osama got shot or were we stopped by then I don't like, know when we was were, that because no there was no emergency 10, anything because okay. you didn't live here well, we, no oh that's did, right but yeah. you would we no, would do the thing or yeah. it, you recorded so frequently that's true yeah that it didn't matter also yeah. everything was different back then so, no, yeah. no one knows. It is. We're right at two years, though, by the way, because our first episode came out in the first week of May of 2020. Yeah, I just started working. Oh, again. wow. Look at that. The last two episodes, yeah. the, the ending of the last one and the start of the most recent one are, like, classic me fucking with you thing. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear and I keep waiting for you to catch up so that you can shoot me the how dare you text. Uh, it's, I, it's my current schedule is great because I'm I'm almost forgetting what we talked about. Like sometimes like I think this is the one we talked about but it's always like although every now and again like You'll say something, and I'll think of something, and then I'm yes. saying that thing. It's like that's weird what how, happens like, to me when I listen to these, which is rare. Yeah. But like, I think, oh fuck you, and my voice says it. Yeah, that must be that must be nice because when I have to go back and listen to these things again, I'm always thinking of the things that I should have said instead oh, okay. of the things <laughs> that I'm we can't, actually saying. All three saying. of us can't be perfect every time, right. just me and Abe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Two out of three isn't bad, as they say. Good night. Russell Wilson <laughs> segment, even though that was Which is what that was entertaining <laughs> yeah. for, with people screaming at each other about something that doesn't matter at all. But right, anyway, it's it's my way no, of saying the yeah. same thing that I've been saying for years, which is that Abe, you and I should have a podcast where we like interact <laughs> with one another and talk about. It should the be news called Abe Exploitation. <laughs> I I still stand by Black and Forth as the ultimate. <laughs>
Black and four. That's right. Forget about that. Or I can buttfuck whomever I want in Texas.